This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. Visit SmartGolfDeals.com for promotions and savings. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Well, good morning, Canada. Zucchino and Weeks bringing you another live edition of Golf Talk Canada. I think for our third week in a row now from our home studios, one in Scarborough, one in Etobicoke. Let's bring in our friend from Etobicoke, Bob Weeks. Good morning, Bob. How are we doing over there? You know, it's going to be kind of weird when we do go back in the studio to uh, to do this show and not be in sweats and uh, and slippers. Well, I hate to break it to you. Uh, I'm uh, never getting back uh, in anything other than my uh, Adidas underwear. So when we get back in studio, it's going to be, you know, assuming that'll be summer at that point. It's going to be warm enough where I could just T-shirt, pair of underwear, off I go to the studio. So There you go. <laughs> uh, I got to tell you, you know, what's so funny is uh, I was sitting thinking yesterday, and I've been grinding away at a project that you guys, that you and Adam have known about for, for about a year and a half now and i've been spending some time on it this week and i'm hoping to be able to say something next saturday or the following saturday of of finally having a completed project uh but with that and our golf talk canada video podcast and our instagram stuff and all the things we're doing and i'm following i'm reading your stuff every day and, and and all the content you're pumping out i'm starting to think we're busier at home without the pga tour going is what it's starting to feel like Exactly. I got, I uh, I have been extremely busy, as I know you have. You've been uh, on all sorts of social media, both live and with your posts and things. But it's uh, that's the kind of thing you have to do these days. Obviously, that's the way we're connecting with people and giving them um, the, what is a no shortage of of golf information every day. It seems to be there's a new story, either a tournament being canceled or schedule change or some other update going on. So it's uh, it's still busy despite the fact that we're all kind of locked up inside. Now, before we get to news and headlines, Bob, maybe we should uh, chat a little bit about uh, your most recent article that you posted on TSN.ca about the challenges uh, that the maintenance staff and greenskeepers and, and people of that nature are, are finding uh, during this current period. Because, um, you know, I, I don't know if there was some heavy lobbying done or if it was an, an easy decision for uh, the provincial governments but at least here in Ontario, uh, it was decided that uh, golf courses would be able to stay maintained and, and operate, uh, I don't want to say a skeleton staff, but, but be able to do a minimum amount of uh, maintenance to keep the facilities ready to go. So when golf does return, it won't, you know, they won't be chopping down a jungle. Um, <laughs> you spoke to some, uh, you spoke to multiple superintendents who are f- facing different challenges. And, and I guess on top of that, the back end of that, from what I've heard, is many of our uh, leading, uh, I don't want to call them governing bodies, but organizations like the NGCOA and other groups like that have also been in the background lobbying to have golf on the list of non-essential businesses, at least in the first wave, trying to get golf listed in the first wave of non-essential uh, businesses to be able to open whenever that is. What, what do you know on that as well? Well, yeah, still a lot to unpack there. First of all, um, when the non-essential ban was put in place in the in the third week of March, March 23rd, I think was the date, that's by the Ontario government. It's uh, similar bans are in place in Quebec, Nova Scotia, New Brunswick. Um, they got an exemption for essential services. So a golf course, um, your your maintenance crew, your superintendent can go out and do the essential things. So it's, basically that means 
you can cut the greens every three or four days as opposed to say once a day or um yeah, you can cut the fairways, you can cut the rough, but you do it at a minimal, what's what's just necessary to keep the golf course from turning into a farmer's field. And that's called protecting the asset. So that's why they're allowed to go and do that. So it's, it's presented a few challenges for the, for the, uh, for the courses in Ontario, even though there, there's no one playing them. And that is you have to have a, you know, it's a small staff. Uh, you have to make sure that they're safe. So you do everything you can to sanitize everything and make sure uh, it's, you know, one tool is being used only by one person. One person is only riding one specific mower. You also have to have two shifts because if, if someone gets the coronavirus on one of them, all of a sudden that whole shift has to go into a lockdown. You would have nobody to look after the golf course. So that's the one part. In B.C., where they're still playing golf, it's, uh, it's even more so. You've got to sanitize everything. You take away all the touch points, so no bunker rakes, no ball washers. Um, you know, just turn the cups upside down, sanitize the pins three or four times a day. And still, they have to have marshals walking on the golf courses to keep the players apart. And and the, the last one, which is an interesting one, is that a lot of golf courses that have no play on them right now, people think, well, this, this must be a nice park to walk around on. So the superintendent and the staff have been chasing people off the golf courses. Um, so it's a little bit weird, especially where there's no golf being played, to see this, I won't say pristine, but see this well-manicured golf course uh, sitting out there with, with no one on it. It's kind of ghostly. Yeah, well, I don't know about you, but I, I'm looking for a tea time Wednesday morning in British Columbia. I'm going to uh, leave after the show, start driving west, play my round, turn around, and come back. So that's uh, <laughs> one, of, one of the courses that's open. Actually, is the uh, is the home course of both Adam Hadwin and, and Nick Taylor at Ledgeview. So you can go and play where the champions play. That's it. I'll just say, hey, uh, Nick said it was okay if I use his locker. That'll be uh... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, Bubba, we got a lot to dive into today. Um, it's funny, we're going to talk a little travel today, and when I told a few people that we're doing some travel this weekend, they looked at me sideways, but if if you were like me, a guy that was supposed to go to Ireland this year, you had plans at St. Andrews, Royal County Down, doing those big European uh, jaunts, uh, you better start thinking about 2021 right now, because... Uh, people are already kind of, you know, uh, juking and jiving and moving things around. Clubs are opening their tee sheets uh, earlier than ever before to adjust for all the postponements of, of COVID-19. So TJ Rule from Golfway Tour is going to jump on and say, you know. Uh, news and headlines are brought to you by. Oh, there goes our news and headlines. All right, it's okay. Uh, I jumped in a little early, so we'll get right to news and headlines after I finish telling you about uh, TJ. So TJ is uh, doing the uh, is going to come on and, and let us know. You know, if, if if you have something planned right now, it is not too early to adjust. Or if you were thinking about it, they are actually opening it up right now. You spoke to Corey Connors. We're going to hear from Corey Connors as well. Of course, Corey was thinking this is an Olympic year. For him and Adam Hadwin, of course, that has obviously changed. And Corey was on his way to Augusta, so a lot of changes there. You and I are going to break down what is the new PG or the new potentially proposed PGA Tour schedule at the top of hour two, and of course, Adam Scully time. Okay, so news and headlines. We don't need to hit the board again. Uh, uh, news and headlines: Tiger versus Phil. Bob, uh, we talked about this last Saturday, and then since last Saturday, something has spilled out about potentially adding Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. Now, I like this idea. I really didn't have much interest in seeing Tiger versus Phil again in another rematch of what we saw back in the $9 million Las Vegas uh, exhibition at Shadow Creek. I was not huge on that. I like the idea of a Brady-Manning component or something like that. 
But now this gets more interesting because they were proposing that it be played in Florida. Well, Florida is in a stay-at-home lockdown from their governor until April 30th. And my gut tells me that's going to be extended, that that ain't going away May 1st. So where are we on this and how do you feel about it? Well, from what I've been able to tell, it's, uh, it looks like they were shooting for a May date now. Um, obviously, that, <laughs> that April uh, 30th um, stay-at-home order kind of pushed things down the line a little bit. It is not, from what I've been told, it's not going to be a, a pay-per-view event. It's going to be something that you'll be able to access over regular television. I think the, um, the, the demand for live anything <laughs> is so big that the networks <laughs> will be willing to pay for, a, a pay for something like this. Uh, minimal cameras, maybe two, I've heard, and uh, and very, very small production. So the production probably won't be great. It won't be glitzy. There won't be any track man. There won't be any uh, shot tracer or anything like that. They'll just be these guys out there playing golf. And, yeah, I've heard it's Brady and Brady and, uh, and Tiger versus Phil and Peyton. So um, that's going to be an interesting match to see. I think they're both well, both those quarterbacks are pretty good golfers. They both play at, at times and then pro-am events and things. So um, I think it's uh, I think it's going to be – um, interesting to see what kind of golf, if it does happen, what kind of golf they play. Because you're right, last time in, in, uh, in Vegas in November 2018, it was it was just it was boring and it was bad golf. Not a good combination. No, it wasn't. And I do like this combo, but I'm going to be interesting to see now that they're they're actually you know giving it away for free, so to speak, and going to I'm I'm assume promote it that way. Uh, unlike the last one, th- th- I'm get, I'm just curious to see what a, what a global audience number is going to look like on something like this, like, because the people are starving for content, and the fact that they're going to get golf with with four big names, two from the football world, be interesting to see. Uh, LPGA, uh, you know, the PG, we've talked a lot about the PGA tour and, you know, the masters and where that might land. And, and again, we're going to get into all that later on in the show, but man, the LPGA, now the U.S. Women's Open with a new date in December and Michael Wan working with another four or five tournaments. He's got a lot of balls in the air, Bob. This is a LPGA. It's a, it's a tough moving target for them right now to figure out what a season's going to look like. Well, yeah, and things keep backing up and backing up. Uh, and, of course, a lot of their tour is in Asia, which was at, at one point the epicenter of this uh, coronavirus pandemic. It's, um, it's basically everywhere now. It's interesting, though, the U.S. Women's Open in December will be played at Champions Golf Course in, in Houston, where it was going to be, but they're going to use two courses now because, obviously, in December, the, the amount of daylight they have is very minimal. So it'll be the, I think it's the first time they've used two courses for a uh, U.S. Open, U.S. Women's Open, and it's going to be, um, uh, it's going to be a different structure, obviously, with with uh, with using two courses. And the rest of the LPGA schedule is kind of backing up and moving majors into uh, August. Uh, even things like like the first stage of of uh, Q School will be will be well back. So it's um, it, I think this is still a, a moving target in terms of when people are going to play because it's all going to depend on on when we get back to playing. Um, and that's, um, that's kind of what they're doing. Yeah, and the same thing for the Irish Open on the European Tour. Everybody awaiting the RNA announcement on whether they're going to play in July or looking at a new proposed date that it will be in the new schedule in September. And of course, the RBC Canadian Open, we found out, you know, permits for festivals and events would not be issued in the month of June in the city of Toronto, but then there was a sports exemption. Uh, do you have any news at all on the RBC Canadian Open? I will, I will let our audience know this, that Lawrence Applebaum will be joining you and I next Saturday here on Golf Talk Canada. 
Uh, and I'm sure Lawrence will have some information for us and, and, and I'm sure have a lot to say to our audience. But anything, uh, anything you know right now, Bob? Well, the last I've heard is that uh, obviously that, that permit is, it does not apply to sporting events, but those, those were typically uh, events that are in stadiums. So uh, Scotiabank Centre, BMO Field, those kind of stadiums. It does apply to certain things at the RBC Canadian Open because this year being at, at St. George's, uh, they would need to close down three lanes of Islington Avenue to put up things like the TV compound and the large food and beverage center where they would cook all the food for the for all the outlets. So they they need those permits for that, even for things like uh, construction permits that would be on those roads. So um, the only there's two things apparently they're looking at as as hail marys, last ditch efforts, and that would be to have the tournament with no fans, which would allow them to move all the TV equipment onto the golf course. They wouldn't need permits then. Um, but still, you know, if there's a travel ban, how do the players get to the tournament? <laughs> That's going to be my big right. issue. Yep. And then the other one would possibly be moving things into uh, as a postponement rather than cancellation and maybe moving things into the fall. I stress that those are long shots. Those are just things that they're going to put on the table to see if it's even possible before they pull the plug. Um, but I expect we'll have a, an announcement of some sort this week. Yeah, a lot hinging right now on what the Royal and Ancient Golf Association is going to do with the Open Championship. Because if they decide to go ahead in July, uh, that will trigger a new PGA Tour schedule that will have to not worry about fitting in an Open Championship. If they choose to postpone and that Open Championship moves to September, and we'll get into this later in the show, an in-depth look at this, that takes another week off the table in September where now the Open Championship goes, and the season likely will start with the PGA Championship somewhere in August. That, that That's what you know people are talking and discussing, and I think we're going to get an announcement this week or possibly the following week, but again, a lot leaning on the RNA. Before we go to break, Bob, uh, a rough week for, for Mike Weir and his partner, Michelle. Uh, their stepdaughter, Bree, uh, got into a, 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 an unfortunate skateboarding accident. Um, she was put in, uh, into uh, a, a conduced coma. And uh, it, it looked like we were getting some real positive news yesterday out of Mike. And then uh, Bree had a bit of a rough night. Do, do you know, do you have an update? Have you talked to Mike? Uh, obviously, thoughts and prayers to, to Mike Weir and, and their entire family, and, and hopefully, you know, she's a young girl, so hopefully she is strong enough and, and, and you know, will come out the other side. But any, any information on this? Uh, so what we know right now is that she did severely hurt herself in, uh, in a skateboarding accident, head trauma, a fractured skull, and uh, some, some brain damage, brain injury, I guess, not damage, brain injury, apparently. They had put her into an induced coma, and they are now, after they've had some successful surgery, they're now going to try and wean her off the drugs that are put her, putting her into the coma. I, I texted with Mike Weir a little bit yesterday, and, and they're all staying positive. It's uh, obviously very emotional, and with the coronavirus going on, limited access in the hospital, so only one parent can go in. So Michelle and um, Brielle, that's the daughter, her father there, they're kind of taking turns going in for a 24-hour stretch. So you can imagine what it's like not to be able to be in the hospital, uh, be on the other side. So it's a very difficult time right now, and, of course, Mike would be, Normally, at, down at Augusta, getting ready to play uh, at the Masters, so it's uh, he, that's probably probably not on his mind right now. No, not at all. Prayers to Bree, Michelle, Mike, their entire family, and uh, thoughts and prayers uh, to them for sure. On the other side, uh, Bob had an opportunity to touch base with Corey Connors, who was getting ready for a big Masters as well. 
and he isn't at the moment. We'll touch back with, uh, touch base with Corey and find out what he's been up to. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by TaylorMade and the all-new Sim and Sim Max drivers. Shape in motion. We reshape the drivers so you can reshape your game. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to order yours today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back to GTC's Aquino Weeks. We'll have some scully time in hour two. We've got TJ Rule from Golfway Tours coming up. We're going to break down the new proposed PGA Tour schedule. We're going to give you an update on what's happening next week in the TSN golf family, not just on TSN TV, but GTC. It's going to be all Masters next week as we try to fill the gap and sow our wounds on what would have been Masters week. TSN's going to show Final rounds of the Masters every day. So every day on TSN, you're going to be able to enjoy a classic final round of a Masters. Looking back at uh, some of those greats. And uh, maybe, Bob, I'll get your favorite at the end of the show, if you can think of what your favorite. And you're not allowed to pick Weirzy. Let's pull Weirzy <laughs> off the table, okay? Now, it was going to be, this is a good segue, because Corey Connors, uh, he was on his way to Augusta with three other Canadians. Uh, you know, he's looking forward to the Olympics. You had a chance to speak with them before we hear from Corey, uh, set this up for us. Well, this uh, this also would have been the week that Corey would have been defending his title at the Valero Texas Open. That's right. That one that, yes. that one that he won last year, which under you know in that crazy um, string of circumstances, he basically missed the cut at the Dominican Republic, which allowed him time to fly back to the U.S. and play the Monday qualifier for the tournament. He got in by winning a six for one playoff to get the last spot, and then on uh, on the final round he uh, he birdied four of the first five holes and then bogeyed the next four holes and then made six birdies on the back nine to win by two shots over Charlie Hoffman. So this was a little bit of, uh, of that memory, but also leading into Augusta and, and what his thoughts were going to be with having that foursome with uh, Connors, Taylor Hadwin, and, of course, Mike Weir. Yeah, and I was, uh, I'm never a fan of leaving the Dominican Republic early or missing the cut, but uh, sometimes the chips fall where they should and good on Corey. And, I, you know, right now, Bob, I should be in Texas calling Corey's defense for PGA Tour Radio, and then I was flying from San Antonio to meet you in Augusta, and here we are uh, in lockdown. So that, so, that, <laughs> so there you go. The, there's a Canadian tie-in for you. On the, all right, let's uh, hear it. Bob had a chance to speak with Corey Connors. Uh, let's hear from Bob and Corey. I wonder when you look back at that final round, um, what you, you talked about the ten birdies, but there were sort of a, a lot of ups and downs, and within that eighteen holes, when you look back at your emotional highs and lows of that day, what stands out for you? I think you know, it was obviously uh, things were pretty high after the first five holes. Uh, made four birdies, got up to a terrific start, then making four bogeys uh, to finish the front nine was was definitely a low, but I was able to get. You know, reset, and I learned a lot from that that low moment. You know, I kind of got ahead of myself a little bit, started thinking ahead, um, making the turn. Sort of was able to reset. I made some birdies to start the back nine and got myself back in front. And I didn't get ahead of myself that time. I, I just took it one shot at a time. Was really focused, just 
super relaxed and um so even within the round I definitely definitely learned learned some things and I sort of changed changed my focus um on the back nine um made sure I didn't get ahead of myself and was able to continue playing solid golf and didn't make the mistakes like I did on the front nine and it ultimately led to six birdies on the back nine getting a victory wonder if I could ask you two quick ones. Well, one quick one. What did you do with the boots? Where are the, the boots that you won from the Texas Open? And also your thoughts. It looks like uh, the Canadian Open, RBC Canadian Open, is hard, going to be hard-pressed to come off in its June spot. If you could give us your thoughts on that. Yeah, so the, the boots are at home uh, sitting beside me right now. Actually, I had them on uh, yesterday around the house just to ask for, for some positive energy. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, they're in uh, kind of on a on a bookshelf. I, I keep them uh, displayed in the office at our house, uh, along with the trophy. And yeah, the, the recent news from the Toronto mayor, um, looking like the Canadian Open is going to yeah, have a tough time being played uh, without you know the support of the city. We'll we'll have to you know, wait and see what happens with that. Um, I'm really looking forward to getting there if if we can play. Uh, but we'll yeah we'll have to see. Be really disappointed if it gets delayed. But obviously, um, it's not an easy decision, and there's very valid reasons for for things getting canceled or postponed. So um, you know it's been an event that I've been looking forward to all year really, and it's so much fun to play in front of the Canadian fans. The support's incredible at the RBC Canadian Open. So if it gets played, I'll be be very happy and and be. Uh, trying to get in the mix, but uh, if not, you know, we'll have to wait till next year. Have you ever thought what it would be like to play a golf tournament with no fans? Um, well, I started thinking about it when they made the decision about the Players' Championship on the Friday round where it was going to be played with no fans. Um, I've certainly never played, not that I play in front of a lot of fans for <laughs> most of my rounds, but <laughs> um, it. Yeah, it would be very weird, I think. Um, you know, after a good shot, it's it's fun to get acknowledged by the people that are watching. And after rolling in a putt, um, you know, it feels good to get some, some acknowledgement from the crowd. But um, I don't know what it would be like. I started thinking about it for that for that round and thought it would be really weird, which I think it would be. Um, you know, hopefully things can get back on track Um with this, uh, this virus, and we're able to have fans come out and watch us as soon as possible. As the uh, Zozo Championship, back in October, the Tiger won that they played a PGA Tour round of golf without spectators. That was on the Saturday. Due to torrential rains that came through on Friday night, they were worried about the safety of spectators. Uh, with mo- There were potentially trees coming down, etc., um, so they, they played the third round of the Zozo without spectators. I remember being in uh, Hawaii at the Sony Open uh, when the fake missile uh, crisis went down and they, someone triggered an alert that there was a, a missile attack on Hawaii and it was, it was by mistake. It was supposed to be a test. I was there. Uh, there was nobody on the ground that morning at all for the Sony Open. It was bizarre and eerie and we were all uh, still kind of 
panicked for our lives. So it's funny to hear what, you know, the, the pros say. It's, it's funny. A lot of these guys are just in the zone. They don't see, they don't hear anything. But I think some of them might be more affected by no spectators than others. Imagine playing a Ryder Cup with no fans. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. Very weird. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to boo weird. Patrick Reed? Hey, who's going to yeah. boo Patrick Reed, right? That's not it. So, all right. Well, on the other side, uh, we're going to talk some travel. Um, you know, a lot of this year has been postponed, pushed back, uh, and blown up. Uh, we're trying to avoid words like blown up and canceled, and we're trying to use words like postponed and delayed. And if you had something epic uh, on the calendar, like yours truly, don't cancel it postpone it and if you were thinking of doing something for 2021 and you had it already i'd get on it early because t-sheets places like st andrews royal county down etc their t-sheets are opening up sooner than ever before because of covid19 so 2021 is going to come in a rush on the other side we'll hear from tj rule golfway tours what you, you should be doing right now for your 2021 travel plans this is golf talk canada this segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by TaylorMade and the all-new Sim and Sim Max drivers. Shape in motion. We reshape the driver so you can reshape your game. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to order yours today. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit WeatherTech.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to GTC, and we're going to talk some travel, and I know probably some of you are thinking travel now. Well, it's not so much about traveling right now, but it's about using, in my words, I've always said the proper language in times like these and staying positive, and I've said if there's anything you can do in life, including your golf trips, if there's a way of postponing them versus canceling them, and I'm using that in every walk of life right now, uh, travel's not the same, then do so. So when we want to talk travel, challenges, what you should be doing, if you've got something on the books already, we bring on our friend from Golf Away Tours, TJ Rule. TJ, first of all, how are you? You and your family okay? Uh, yeah, thanks, uh, Mark, and things are great. Yeah, we're obviously at home, been uh, working from home for the last few weeks, shut down the office a few weeks ago, and um, you know, I keep telling people it's, uh, you know, it's obviously not a great time for a lot of us, but, um, the silver lining is that it's almost like a, a forced, uh, delayed paternity leave for me. And, you know, I get to hang out with my, uh, my 20 month old son, uh, full time at home right now. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. And it's been fun. We've been kind of hanging out in the backyard, uh, and staying busy that way. And, uh, so life's good. I can't complain. And silver linings, and and that's what this time is all about. And at the end of the day, the people with the good partners, the people who stick together, and the experts in their fields are the ones that will sur survive times like this. And that's certainly Golfway Tours and you. And it's a good segue because I think right now the real positives in this is flexibility and options. If you've got travel on the calendar right now for 2020, uh, it is not too soon to start making plans for 2021, whether it's booking something new, postponing something, pushing something back. 
T-sheets are going to be opening soon. Hotels, airlines, this is a new world for everybody, and they're giving your customers more options than ever before. Yeah, you know what? And you said it You said it right at the beginning. You know, people aren't really talking about travel or thinking about travel right now, and for good reason. Obviously, we're a long way away from that, but at the same time, we want to start focusing on the positive, and we know we're going to get back to traveling again. Um, 2020 is pretty much going to be a write-off. We don't know for how long, but... Um, you know, we're definitely planning on for, for a few months or six months or, or maybe even into 21. But, um, you know, it, it's actually the time of year when people start booking trips overseas uh, for the following year in a normal year. So, you know, March, April is when a lot of the courses start looking at, at opening their T-sheets for the following year. So it's not like we're looking too early anyway. And if we can just be positive about it and, you know, assume hopefully that we're traveling by this time next year. Um, which I think, you know, I think we'll be doing, I certainly hope we will be doing, then, you know, it's not too early to be thinking about that stuff. And that's what we're trying to focus on. And, and so for those who have their trips for this year, um, obviously, yes, we're, we're looking at having people postpone as opposed to cancel. And that's what the whole industry has sort of um, been holding on to and working together to try to get their clients to still, hey, we, you still should go on this trip. It's going to be a great trip. Let's just basically pause right? The whole world pauses for however long and in just, you know, push it back to next year, push it to maybe even later this year, but postpone your trip as opposed to canceling. And that's really been the message in the travel industry lately. And uh, as a result, it's making things busy for next year already. And, and that's really the language we're trying to use for, for everything with, when it comes to golf tournaments, when it comes to uh, people having weddings on the calendar this year, it's, it's just, it's sad but you got to make do with the try to do the best of a bad situation. And, and how we do that is by just delaying things and pushing things back and not losing, not letting this win, delaying the things we love. And speaking of that, you know, we were scheduled to go to Ireland uh, in the Southwest Ireland, which is my favorite place in the world to play golf. I scheduled to go this August. That, that's looking unlikely. And we're already talking to you about maybe pushing that back to the Olympic window next year, which would be a window in my calendar on the PGA Tour radio schedule. So we're already thinking ahead. Uh, you can't be too early on this. And, and to double up on that, if you're thinking in the St. Andrews area, there's a new golf course there, and we also know how difficult tee times are at St. Andrews. You're never too early to start talking about old course. Yeah, I mean, St. Andrews is a whole different uh, ball game, as we've talked about before. And, um, you know, that area, you know, they, they're obviously in a tough situation, and they're having to reschedule everybody for next year. So as a result, um, there actually aren't going to be a lot of open tee times for next year unless they change their tact and actually open up more times to the public and, and to the, the process this year. So that's going to be an interesting one going forward. Um, just to step back a bit, so far, you know, we are postponing and canceling, mostly postponing trips for people traveling up until, say, June or July at this point. You know, we're still holding out hope that come August, September, that people will be able to travel. Of course, we're, you know, for groups like yours, keeping a, a close tabs on that and, um, you know, every day that goes by, it seems less and less likely, unfortunately, but uh, certainly a lot of people are still holding out hope. Um, but if that's not the case, then people should act, you know, sooner than later because of the fact that things are going to book up so quickly for 21. You're not just going to have the people who are originally looking at, at booking 21, but also the people postponing. So, um, you know, St. Andrews is one area that's going to book up quickly. Uh, you look at places like Muirfield um, that have already opened up their books for 21 and are almost sold out for the year. And a lot of that is probably a lot of groups from 20 uh, postponing until next year. Um, Royal County Down, Royal and uh, Royal Port Rush, 
in, in Northern Ireland are opening their books on May 1st. So again, they're going to be opening up and, and, and filling up very, very quickly. Um, so yeah, we got to be, um, we got to be on this sooner than later and people can't, can't start looking at it too early. And going back to your other point about uh, St. Andrews and the new course there uh, that's opened up. Uh, I think I may have mentioned it briefly before on one of my previous visits, but the course, uh, so to talk about something positive and a course opening up, it's, it's really exciting to have a new high-end golf course, Lynx golf course, new golf course uh, near St. Andrews. It's about 25 minutes out of St. Andrews to the south towards Edinburgh. It's called Dumbarney Lynx. And uh, it's, a, it's, again, it's a fabricated Lynx golf course, to be quite honest. It was a farm field before, similar to Kings Barnes. But similar to Kings Barnes, they did an amazing job of making it look natural. And it's a spectacular golf course. And it opens up, or, well, it was planning to open up in May of this year. Um, of course, we don't know now, but uh, it'll give it more time to grow in, I guess. But uh, I got the opportunity. I was lucky enough to play it last October when I was there. Uh, we got a little preview round. And it is, it's a course that's going to rival Kings Barnes, in my estimation. Uh, down the road, which is which is high praise because Kings Barnes is more, is usually one of the favorites of, of uh, the clients that we send over there. So, um, you know, it's gonna it's another one to add to the bucket list for people who are going to the St. Andrews area. Yeah, that's a that's high praise. Kings Barnes one of my favorite golf courses in the world, and the, and their sister course in Scotland, Castle Stewart's also one of my favorites. So hard to go wrong with anything mentioned in in a Kings Barnes uh, breath or related in any way to that golf course. Before we let you go, uh, TJ, uh, you, you, you know we talked a little St Andrews here. Next year, the Open Championship. As of right now, you know we're still acting like the RNA is going to have the Open in July, and it might be the kickoff to what will be a very condensed and busy major golf championship season they've also talked about a potential postponing of it and some alternative ways of throwing the open when i hear that i hear maybe spectator free i don't know it's a wait and see approach with the rna and the open but next year the open championship is at the old course at st andrews which makes it very special to me when the opens at st andrews it's like the u.s open at pebble beach it just means something a little bit more um for people that were thinking of going, looking to get tickets, can you still get accommodations in July for the Open Championship? Well, no, you can't unless you go through a, a tour operator. And we have secured some accommodation for uh, that Open. Yeah, the whole town sold out. It's going to be magical, to be honest. If, well, fingers crossed, it happens. Obviously, if, if this year gets postponed or even canceled, then all bets are off. Who knows what they're going to do? But we're still holding out hope that, you know, next year is still going to be the 150th Open and, it's going to be just magical because the whole town's going to be a buzz. Uh, it's going to be sold out. Uh, as I mentioned, all the accommodations have been sold out for months now. Uh, we have accommodation actually as part of the St. Andrews University there. They're really nice new uh, apartment style accommodation, uh, about a 10, 15 minute walk from the old course. Um, so yeah, we have packages together with uh, week long passes, staying in town, like I said, at the at St. Andrews University residences and playing golf at Dumbarney and Carnoustie and, uh, and Kings Barnes. And so it's going to be a pretty awesome week. Uh, if people are interested, uh, certainly there, there's still room available. Obviously, people are kind of taking a bit of a uh, wait-and-see approach for a lot of things right now. But um, fingers crossed that's still going to happen because it's going to be pretty magical. I'm looking forward. I'm going to be there myself um, hosting. So um, uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I haven't been to an Open, so for my first Open to be at St. Andrews, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. 
TJ, thanks so much for your time, buddy. Stay safe. All the best to you and your family. Uh, GolfawayTours.com. GolfawayTours.com is your way of getting a hold of TJ and the group of Golfway Tours who are truly the experts in what they do. And it's not too early to start making plans for 2021. On the other side, we'll have more GTC coming up. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit WeatherTech.ca. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Zucchino and Weeks from our home studio as we bring you another live edition of GTC for the third week in a row. We're going to continue going with Golf Talk Canada and we're going to continue with the Masters. Yes, the plug has been pulled. Yes, maybe we have to wait to November to get a new Masters, but next week it's going to be Masters week across TSN and Golf Talk Canada. Bob, TSN is going to be showing final rounds every day. Do we know which rounds we're going to get on which days? Oh boy, people are going to love us. I think if you like to watch Masters, it's uh, it's pretty magical. We're going to start things off Monday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, the final round of the 2003 Masters. We all know what happened that time. That'll be in, uh, that'll be in low death probably, right? It'll be, it won't be, the, it'll be an older <laughs> one. <laughs> and then we're essentially going two a day. So uh, Tuesday, is, we're going to show the final rounds of 2015 and 2016. That could be the, uh, the Jordan Speed High and Low, I guess. And then we've got, uh, on Wednesday, we're actually adding one. We're going to have the uh, 2018 Par 3 contest, believe it or not. And then the uh, 1986 Masters and then the 2017 Masters. So 1986 will be at 3 p.m. 2017 will be at 7.30. Uh, On Thursday, it's the 2012 Masters in the afternoon. And then the 1997 Masters in the evening at 7.30. Friday, the 2013 Masters at 12.30. And at 6 p.m. 2005. I think we all know what happened in 2005. Um, and 2004, uh, Masters is, uh, kicks things off at 3 p.m. on Saturday, followed by the 2011 Masters final round. And next Sunday, 1.30 in the afternoon, you'll get to watch last year's final round. Very cool. That is awesome. All right, Bob, at the end of today's show, I want to know your favorite final round, and you can't pick Weirzy in 03. And okay. you know what? You can't pick 86 Nicholas either. So I'm going to take both of those off the table. And we're going to go to... Gene Terrence in 35. <laughs> that <laughs> the shot That's around the world. That's yeah. it. Uh, and we'll get the same from Scully in Scully time an hour or two as well. Perfect. I want to know Scully's favorite final round. And he can't, uh, can't pick 86 because he wasn't alive. And he's not allowed to pick 2003. So those are Scully's rules. So on that, uh, yeah, next week, that's going to be fun. Uh, Golf Talk Canada has a lot going on next week as well, Bob. We're going to go all masters. Now, a week today, we'll be doing another uh, live edition of Golf Talk Canada. Lawrence Applebaum's going to join us. We will cover a few other things, but we're going to do a lot of masters content uh, a week today as well. Maybe we'll do some lists. 
Uh, we'll do some Twitter polls with our audience on what their favorite moments are, things like that. So we'll we'll do a Masters edition of Golf Talk Canada Radio next Saturday as well. Also, our Golf Talk Canada video podcast that is up on tsn.ca. It was our second edition. Next week, we will drop on Wednesday around noon, 1 p.m. It's always around lunchtime on Wednesday. We drop the new edition of the video podcast. It'll happen next week as well. It'll be an all Masters edition of Golf Talk Canada video podcast as well. We'll be reaching out to our audience on social media to engage in that as well. So far, uh, people uh, loving our video podcast, which is great. Um, I'm going to do my Instagram live going again on Wednesday night. I think it might be less golf this week, Bob. Uh, I'm going to try something different. I know you're constantly filling the content daily because, uh, like we said off the top of today's show, man, the, the news and the changes seem to come out rapidly. And I think, Bob, you're going to have to keep your eye on the ball this week with maybe a potential <laughs> announcement with a schedule. And we're going to get into that immediately on the uh, top of hour two. But uh, it could be any day where we get what the PGA Tour might look like coming soon it could come as early as midweek no there's a lot of there's a lot of moving parts and of course you know as soon as one tournament decides whether it's going to postpone or cancel it affects everything else it's sort of uh, all of a sudden a week can open up or a week can close or now you have uh, tournaments that that might be played in the north uh, have to move to the south you know so there's potential new sites for tournaments we can get into a little in a little bit uh, but yeah, it's it's. I think a lot of things are going to happen in this next seven days. I really do. I think this is sort of the crux time, and certainly for the next wave of tournaments. I mean, the the, the PGA Tour's next stop is May twenty first. That's that's not that far away right now. And uh, every day that it passes, it looks less and less likely they'll be able to start at that time. Yeah, I don't even see that in the potential cards. I would be absolutely shocked unless science uh, pulls a miracle, Bob, that we're unaware of. I I don't see that one happening. I don't want to be the uh, Debbie Downer here, but to keep in mind, one of those stops is also Detroit. I'm on the schedule to work the Rocket Mortgage Classic for PGA Tour Radio and Northern Michigan right now in Detroit, uh, pretty not too far behind New York City when it comes to uh, percent of population and numbers and things like that. Uh, things are not good. So I, again, uh, don't want to be Debbie Downer, but unless something drastically happens in the scientific community, I think, uh, PGA Tour season will start the week after the Open Championship, whenever that is, or the week after or before the PGA Championship. Again, we can get into this on the other side at the top of hour two. We're going to talk a lot about, uh, the potential new schedule. Uh, we're having some fun with our friends at Adidas. Hashtag style evolution. Um, I threw out a photo on social media uh, last week, and it was a photo of me dressed as a 10-year-old kid or a le- no, might have been 11 years old in plus fours and going out to play golf. And I had the Payne Stewart plus fours going and the Payne Stewart uh, Hogan tribute cap. And it was the way I, you know, thought I looked cool as an 11 year old on the golf course. And then a photo of me about uh, two years ago at, uh, Royal St. George's, uh, not Royal St. George's, excuse me. Uh, I think it was Turnberry playing golf decked out in my Adidas threads. And it's the style evolution. We're asking you to share your photos on social media at Adidas Golf at Golf Talk Canada on both Twitter and Instagram, your past photos of how you used to dress on a golf course and the style you're kicking these days on the golf course. And on Friday of this week, we're going to draw a prize package worth over $600 
of Code Chaos Apparel from Adidas. Don't forget to hashtag us, Style Evolution. Bob, Adam, I haven't seen anything from you two yet. I need to see from you two. I want to see some embarrassing uh, photos from the past on, on what uh, on what maybe what you uh, used to go out uh, styling and profiling on the, at Weston. Bob, there's got to be something from Weston and a parent child or something, no? <laughs> there's. There's a few dandies up there. I'll dig some out this, this weekend and, uh, and post them up at the start of the week. It, it's actually going to be kind of interesting because without being able to go to a barber now, the hairstyle I had in some of those pictures I'm going to show you is probably going to be what my hairstyle is going to look when I get uh, get to go outside again. I love it. If Bob starts rocking the hockey hair uh, this time next week, that is going to be awesome. I can't wait. Weeksy with the hockey hair doing a sports center hit from his living room. That's what I want. That That's that is that's television worth waiting for so style evolution at adidas golf at golf talk canada photo from the past photo from the present you've got a chance at a code chaos prize pack uh hit us up on social media at golf talk canada we're reaching out looking for ideas for our uh, video podcast looking for suggestions on content you want us to cover next week will be an all masters edition TSN will be doing at least one final round. Sounds like more like two final rounds a day uh, for uh, next week on TSN TV, enjoying uh, the great final rounds of the Masters. And uh, I've got a particular favorite uh, outside of Weirzy and 03 that I'll let uh, you and Adam in on as well in hour two. And my gut te- tells me you probably know what it is already, would be my guess. If I gave you two or three guesses, you'd certainly get it for sure. We'll get to that in hour two. But on the other side to kick off our one we will break down what is the proposed new pga tour schedule a lot hinging on a decision from the royal and ancient golf association how does this affect the other majors how does this affect potentially the rbc canadian open could we go back to back open championship Ryder cup it's all in the cards we'll get to it next thank you so much for listening remember first good decision on the golf course it always starts in the closet This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Woodington Lake Golf Club, proud home of the Mackenzie Tour PGA Tour Canada's Ontario Open. For membership information or to book tee times and special events, visit WoodingtonLake.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada, Hour 2. Speaking of the Ontario Open, Bob, it schedules the Ontario Open and the Disability Championship scheduled to go at Woodington Lake in August. And, you know, is that going to be on the schedule? I need to touch base. Uh, we need to uh, reach out to Scotty Pritchard from uh, Mackenzie Tour, PGA Tour Canada, because... You know, we, a lot, we always talk about majors and we always talk about, you know, masters, obviously, especially this week. That's top of mind for everybody, the masters, uh, this week. But, uh, there's other tours around the world that are dealing with us, including PGA Tour Canada and in, including some really big events that were scheduled to go in, uh, in, uh, Ontario this summer. So everybody in a, in a wait and see process. But, uh, at the moment, let, let's talk PGA Tour because from what we're hearing, a lot depends on the situation with the Royal and Ancient Golf Association on what they decide to do with the Open Championship in July. And I don't know, no one's come out and said this, Bob, but if the Royal and Ancient Golf Association decide to postpone the Open, to me, that makes it a lot more difficult 
to maybe find a replacement date for the RBC Canadian Open because there is a potential window in September, kind of around the time that we used to have the Canadian Open back in the day that would really get eaten up by the Open Championship if the RNA were to decide to say we're not having our championship in July. Yeah, there's there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of it will will kind of fall into place once the Open Championship decides what it's going to do, going to do. So, um essentially the, the people at the RNA were waiting to see what was going to happen with Wimbledon. They work kind of in concert those two organizations even though it's tennis and golf. Um you know, they're both big events, they're both held uh, at similar times in the summer and they they sort of coordinate with each other. So, this week obviously Wimbledon came out and just canceled and I think that may have thrown the RNA off a little bit. They were thinking, well, maybe they're going to move it to a different date because the French Open has done that. But uh, the RNA were were not ready to make a decision, even though there were rumors saying that it was going to just out and out cancel the Open Championship. There's a lot of talk also going on between the RNA, the USGA, the PGA, Augusta National, all the kind of stakeholders, the PGA Tour, trying to fit this thing in so they don't step on each other. And it's very complicated, as you can imagine, because everybody wants certain dates, and there are only certain dates available, and there are tournaments in the fall that already have pre-existing dates set for them, so, so should they lose their dates? Um, there's a good good chance that what you will see is two tournaments on a week, um, not necessarily two big tournaments. We've, we've seen opposite field events again, like we've had in the old days where the Barbasol Championship is on at the same time as the Open Championship. But you may see something like, the RBC Canadian Open being held the same week as the Safeway Open or something like that. Um, so those kind of things are into consideration. Obviously, every time you cancel a tournament, there's a huge loss of revenue for the PGA Tour and for the tournament organizers as well. So from what we've been able to see through all, <laughs> all that, um, you know, there are some dates that they're, they're looking at which could include uh, such things as the Masters in November, the uh, PGA Championship would likely be the first major. Would happen in August. Would take the week of the um, of that was scheduled for the Olympics. Uh, the Ryder Cup, the sort of the Open Championship, would be played uh, one week in September. The very next week in, at Whistling Straits would be the Ryder Cup. So all these things again are are sort of predicated on on what's going to happen with the Open Championship. The other thing is the U.S. Open, which is the most interesting one. It hasn't been canceled yet officially, but. Uh, Wingfoot, New York, where it's been been um, scheduled to be, has been told that, look, it's not going to happen on those dates. If this has to move into a date post-September, let's say an October date, they're already talking to Pebble Beach. They're already talking to uh, Torrey Pines about possibly using those courses. And as I said before, with the LPGA, you would need to have uh, two courses to utilize just because there isn't enough daylight to get everybody around. So that's kind of what's on the table at this point, we understand. Whether that all comes to fruition in the next week or so is going to be interesting to see. God, there is just so much to digest there and so many moving parts. And it's, I find it so interesting that right now, to a certain degree, the RNA is kind of holding up uh, potential decisions. And I'm wondering if there is any heat being applied from other uh, governing bodies and, and the PGA Tour and the European Tour uh, to the RNA to... Uh, just postpone it or make a decision, which at, at a, in a way is unfair at the moment because we are still quite a ways out from July. Uh, but, uh, 
you know, people are trying to put plans in place, etc. Uh, assuming the RNA goes in July, again, we have a little bit more flexibility in September. My gut right now, Bob, tells me that they're probably going to postpone this. And we will kick off the PGA Championship as the major golf season in August, then go into a September that has uh, the uh, Ryder Cup and the Open Championship, then into a U.S. Open and a Masters in November. So if the U.S. Open moves to, let's say, Torrey Pines, Torrey Pines was on the schedule in 2021 to have the U.S. Open back at Torrey Pines. Does, you know, does that mean they just switch spots with Wingfoot and Wingfoot then gets it again when the world returns to normal in the summer? Uh, and they, they host the 2021 U.S. Open. When golf returns, will it have spectators? They're going to put this potential schedule in place. But if anybody thinks that when COVID-19 is over, that just the world hits a switch and it goes back to normal, you know, this could last up to two years uh, is what unless, you know, unless there's a massive scientific breakthrough, we're hearing that this could last to two years. So when we come out the other side of the major spike in this, which could be anywhere in the next you know, 60 to 90 days, 120 days. When we come out the other side of that, it ain't going to be, all right, uh, tiptoe through the tulips. There's going to be protocols in place. We're going to ease our way out of this, not leap our way out of this. So, you know, these tournaments that maybe fall on the front end of this schedule, can they even have spectators on the golf course? Who knows? Like, there's just so much to get through here. It's going to be fun TV viewing at the very least. You and I could be able to sit back and go, okay, well, like in a three-month period, we're going to have three PGA Tour playoff events, four majors, a Ryder Cup. I mean, it is just going to be uh, hit the accelerator full-blown if they're able to greenlight this. I'm more curious, Bob, in all of this as what happens to the regular PGA Tour events. To me, that's the more interesting kind of note in this schedule, to your point. Are we going to be having weeks where, obviously, we're going to be playing opposite field events? What tournaments just don't happen because of this? You know, uh, is that false? Like, in a way, those fall series events that you're referring to have really already happened this season. Do, do they just don't go, maybe? And we pick up the season where we left off, and it becomes the largest wraparound schedule in the history of mankind. Like, I don't know. I think everything's on the table right now, I guess is what I'm saying. You're exactly right. And the one thing we didn't really touch on is going to be television. You know, television is such a big component and, and, a, and a moneymaker for a, a lot of these organizations. And if you're in the fall and all these sports are coming back, it's, it's going to be tough to fit everybody into a calendar. Um, you know, you're going to have NFL football, potentially. You're going to have hockey playoffs. You're going to have baseball. Um, you know, how do you get everything on the air and, and make it uh, sellable to, to a lot of people? So um, it's, it's a, it, that's a good problem to have because we've got too much sports on TV. I'm, I'm very happy if I could just flip the channel and, you know, maybe the first round of the Masters is like, uh, like last year's final round. We're going to play it early and, and not finish at 6 o'clock. Instead, we'll finish at noon or something. But um, that's a big part of it. And, again, um, as you said, there's, there's a lot of tournaments and a lot of stakeholders here. You know, those fall series tournaments are the PGA Tour events. And the PGA Tour, of course, doesn't own any of the majors, so it's not getting any real revenue off of those ones as well. So from a business side, it's trying to obviously protect, uh, protect its, its events as well. And, and the same thing with the European Tour. It wants to protect the Ryder Cup because that's a big cash cow for them. So uh, there's a whole business side to this too, which, which will we'll pl- have to play out on, in some, some way, shape, or form. Uh, the interesting thing, Bob, is uh, a lot of these sports are saying, let's just go straight to the playoffs. A lot of the sports, uh, hockey suggesting that, basketball suggesting that. 
there is potential that golf could do that too. There is potential that we could have uh, the PGA Championship kick this entire thing off, and then we go straight into three FedEx Cup playoff events immediately following the PGA Championship. And from a business standpoint, the biggest competition in the fall for anyone is NFL football. Also, the fact that NFL football lives on you know CBS and NBC and all the big networks down there, which are also t- attached to major championship golf. So from a PGA Tour standpoint, it would be very beneficial from them from an economical standpoint to get those playoff events done in August before the NFL returns, which is what they always wanted when they changed the schedule to allow for that, to take those playoff events away from Sunday football. They would still be able to achieve that and then in all likelihood hand off to the golf channel for the fall series, which is what they typically do anyway, and avoid bumping into those network battles. NBC and CBS, they've got a much bigger problem because to your point, we could be hockey playoffs, basketball playoffs, NFL, all colliding on the weekend on US network TV. I don't know how you organize that. I don't know how how that works in, in worlds of billion-dollar TV contracts. The only thing I know is the NFL wins. Outside of that, I don't know how you do it, right? <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly. It's uh, it's where people are gonna gonna try and uh, figure it out. They're they're much smarter people than we are, and that's again all predicated on us getting through this. As you said, who knows how long this is gonna be, and uh, and where it's gonna come. The whole the whole fall, everything could be just wiped right out. Let's let's not hope about that, but um, or hope for that. But I. I I'm I'm kind of of the mind that uh, a lot of stuff is going to get sorted out in the next week based on a potential return to play, say, in August 1st. All right, before we go to break, Bob, uh, and we on the other side, we're going to speak with uh, Tomo Bystad, who's a friend of ours, friend of the show, and we're going to switch gears a little bit and talk about uh, the Sim Fairway product. that We had an opportunity to hit that and, uh, back in, excuse me, December at the Kingdom in Carlsbad, and Man, I, w- I remember talking on the air uh, to Adam about uh, how thrilled I was with the, the, how little I got to hit this in my own bag, but how hot this fairway wood is. And we can talk about that in the next segment with Tomo. But before we get there, uh, if you had to lay some action this week, because I think we're going to get some big announcements this week. And if it doesn't happen this week, it's certainly happening the following week. So let's say in the next 10 business days, we're probably going to know a lot more than we know right now. If you had to lay some action, do you think think the RNA postpones or do you think they run in July? Right now, I say because of the unknowns, they will take the safer route and grab that spot in September and postpone this thing. That's that's what my gut's telling me. What, where would you go in terms of RNA announcement? Yeah, I'm, I'm tended to believe they're going to do everything they can to make this thing happen rather than cancel it like Wimbledon did. I think they'll probably try something um something in September and and then try and you know save it so they so they can play where they are and then go next year to St Andrews um, I think if they cancel it there's going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of confusion as to where next year's tournament should be held so uh, I think they're going to do everything they can to try and save this event and if the other majors are still going to try and go I think it would look interest it would look very strange if all of a sudden the open championship did cancel even though um, economically that might be the smartest thing to do yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, but I'm with you. I think our guts are leading in the in the same spot. They'll try to save it. They'll try to have it in September. And like always, Bob, great minds think alike. And next year, 150-year anniversary of the Open Championship, right? So thus, it's supposed to line up at uh, 
at St. Andrews, it would be a shame to uh, not have those stars aligned for next year's huge celebration of the Open. So, on the other side, we will talk Sim Fairwaywood with Tomo Bystead. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, was brought to you by Woodington Lake Golf Club, proud home of the Mackenzie Tour PGA Tour Canada's Ontario Open. For membership information or to book tee times and special events, visit WoodingtonLake.com. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Tourism Ireland. World-class courses, spectacular locations. Whatever you're looking for in a golf holiday, Ireland has something for you. Visit GolfAwayTours.com to book your Irish golf adventure. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to GTC. We'll switch gears a little bit now. Sim Fairway Medal. Eventually, we'll all be out there, you know, taking rips at the uh, seed again and knocking it around the ballpark. Hopefully, sooner than later. And when you do, you might want to have a Sim Fairway wood in your hand. Bob, did you have a chance at all to hit your new gear before we kind of pulled the plug on the season, or do you still have the plastic on it? <laughs> you know what? I ripped the plastic off, and uh, I did get a chance to hit them. We were doing. Uh, are just for men commercials in uh, in the Dominican Republic just before everything kind of crashed down. So I didn't get a chance to play around, but I did hit some shots. And uh, these these fairways are super hot. And, and you're talking about a guy who's not a long hitter. You know me, Mark. I've got like a very slow swing speed. But, boy, the ball just jumps off the face of these things. And uh, I'm look, really looking forward for, for no other reason than to hit the, all the clubs in the bag. But the fairways that I did hit you know, a few times were, were really nice. Yeah, people were asking me what the what the jump out product is this year to me, uh, you know, between the sim drivers, fairway metals, hybrid, uh, you know, right down the line, obviously trust putter. I think trust putter is a big uh, technological breakthrough uh, with TaylorMade in terms of people who like to look at a traditional putter but don't want to give up the technology of, of, of a high MOI. I think the trust putter is obviously a huge breakthrough. But for me, if I had to pick just one product, that is the breakthrough of the line this year. I think it might be the fairway wood. I was very surprised at, at how uh, hot it was. It, basically, with that new material in the face and them being able to add about 30 grams in additional weight to the bottom, 25 grams in additional weight from last year to the bottom, uh, it can fly higher, it can fly hotter, uh, and it was actually noticeable right out of the gate the first time I hit it. I had the opportunity to touch base with you when you and I were in Carlsbad at the Kingdom, uh, down with our friends from TaylorMade, with Tomo Bystead, the man behind the new SIM product. Let's hear uh, from Tomo Bystead. Tomo, exciting news out of the Fairway Metal uh, product line this year. You and I have spoken off-camera about how happy I was with the success of the M5 Fairway. Right. Finally put a Fairway Wood in my back with that heavy uh, weight and the bottom, the heaviest one we've seen mm -hmm. uh, previous. It was just it opened up a world of opportunities for people Fairway Woods. Right. With the Sim Fairway Metal, mm -hmm. you've gone even further. Right. Not just with an extra heavy weight at the bottom, but also the amount of sole that actually gets in contact with the turf. This could be a huge breakthrough this year with this fairway work. Yeah, we're excited about the, the new Sin Fairway, and, and like the driver, it has a new shape to it, and the, and the new shape is this new V-Steel sole that, that is sort of a throwback, but also modernized and, and new for 2020, and 
so, it, like you said, it's all about better turf interaction, reducing the amount of friction at the leading edge, and as the club goes through the turf, but there's so much other technology packed into this new uh, tie fairway that I'm really excited about as well, uh, such as obviously having the tie head coming back. Like you said, for the M5, it was, was a big breakthrough with the big sole weight that had a 65 gram weight. This one has an 80 gram weight on the sole. So tremendous uh, opportunity to put the CG even lower in the head, producing a higher launch and a lower spin, and you're gonna get just numbers that people have not seen before in fairwoods when you hit the sim fairwood. So that's exciting with the tie. Obviously, this big steel weight on the bottom of this whole silver area, uh, the V steel sole is steel. And then when you look at the crown, too, we have the carbon crown. So really using materials effectively to lower that CG uh, and then producing just an explosive fairwood uh, with the sim. And then the final little uh, thing on top of that, so the chair on top of the cake there, is really the CEA face, the Zaytec face material, which has allowed us now with the stronger face to make it even thinner, faster than we've been with the M5. So not only are you gonna see a more forgiving club, it's a little bit bigger head as well, 180 cc's, but you're gonna get more speed and more forgiveness in the club. So that's gonna be really game changing for a lot of people. And for the first time ever in a very long time, this will be your fastest fairway wood model in, in this profile, in Correct. the original sim. Correct, that's new. So typically when we've launched a couple different fairwoods in, in the year, uh, our, our bigger um, you know, sort of game improvement fairwoods have been the faster ones, the ones that go farther. Uh, the adjustable ones have typically been more about the, you know, the adjustability, the control aspect. Uh, now we're actually building adjustability into something that's even longer than our steel fairwoods, which is the first for us. And so, yeah, people are gonna see some numbers that are not used to seeing on fairwood. That's really exciting and hoping to get that in your bag as well. Yeah, and if you want more spin and you are looking for more forgiveness, maybe a, a little larger profile, yeah. there is another option available. Absolutely, so the Sim Max, uh, I'm equally excited about the, the Sim Max. The Sim Max is a steel fairwood building on the great legacy of, of clubs like M4, uh, M2, and M6 fairwoods. Uh, really with the steel construction with this massive speed pocket in the which has been kind of redesigned for this new head. Uh, and also bringing the V-Steel concept in this one as well. So this has a V-Steel sole, same great turf interaction as this regular Sim Fairway, but in a little bit bigger head. It's gonna be 185 cc's. Uh, we've reshaped the sole to make it again more forgiving. We've added about a yard of peak height to this as well. So when golfers go out there and, and hit these clubs, they're gonna get up in the air a little bit more easily. And we know that's such a big part of making Fairwood successful is that success rate. People wanna just hit good shots because they're hard clubs to hit for any player, let alone for that you know mid to higher handicap guy. And maybe a product that caught everybody off guard by some of the stories you were telling us. Yeah. Is this uh, hybrid, this new V-Steel plated as well, yep. Sim hybrid. And the reason I bring it up in that capacity to maybe surprise you a bit is this is a great golf club for your average golfer. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you can hit from any light and get it up in the air early. When Rory McIlroy tested and mm -hmm. hits at the seven feet from 250 <laughs> on the regular, maybe it's gonna be good for the best players in the world as well. Well, that's the exciting part about the, you know, the Sim Max Rescue is, is, yeah, of course we're bringing in some of those familiar technologies like V-Steel, the Speed Pocket, it's got the C300 face that we have in the Fairwoods as well. Uh, but what's really cool about this is through shaping and kind of morphing the look of it a little bit as well, we've actually brought in that peel a lot, not only for giving kind of the higher handicap or more confidence to hit good shots, get it up in the air, but like you said, for, for better plays like Rory even, uh, you know, a club that looks great on the ground, doesn't look shot, doesn't feel like they're gonna hit it left, uh, has a very inviting look, doesn't look like it has a lot of offset on it, you know, and, and so we're doing a lot of sort of visual things to make it more appealing for that broader spectrum of player. Uh, and I think we're going to actually see some of these on tour next year, which is not typical what we see on our kind of our game improvement hybrids. And so this is uh, this uh, Simmax Rescue is really exciting from that point of view. And like I said, that Rory, you know, who knows? 
Well, you never know. And for someone who's always struggled uh, with the hook, with the with a hybrid of any kind, uh, the first thing I noticed when I put that down was the profile. It looks so square. To me, it actually looked a couple degrees open, which for me yeah. was just wow. This looks fantastic. So exactly. And you know, part of the you know the, the interesting thing about when we have the you know the design that we have on our clubs, which is kind of this lighter top line, and in this case, obviously the chalk paint and all the new 2020 clubs. Uh, and the dark face is that we can dictate where the club is really pointing for the player and we can kind of design that into it so it looks right for the player to dress but still influence face angle almost independently to get the ball to go where we want it to go. So if you want draw bias we can do that like in the, in the Max D product and if you want it neutral we can do that as well. And so getting the club to look good is, is just as important as making it go straight. That's what I love about the line, not just uh, technically the most advanced but also the best looking total. Thanks so much yeah. for time, another big 2020 game. Of course, thank you so much. Well, there it is, Tomo said the man behind that product, and I can't wait to get back out there and hit it again. And I suggest uh, you get out there and smack it around. Try all the new products. It's, it is fantastic, but for me, that is the one that uh, certainly stood out of the bag so far this season for me. On the other side, we have some Scully time. We're going to get his opinion on Tiger Phil, new schedule. I want to find out how pizza night was. If you follow Adam on social media, he was throwing up some pretty impressive pizzas last night on his Instagram feed. Uh, to the point where I had to get out of bed and uh, start to eat again. I was so hungry uh, by looking at his pizza feed. So we'll get into that with Scully. Also, I have uh, a master's question for him and a television question for him. If you're playing around at all on social media this week, there was a thing going around called Six Series, Six Friends. Bob did it. I did it. Adam did it. And you kind of list your six favorite TV series or six of your favorites of all time and tag six other people. And it got my brain thinking and it got my wheels going on something I want to talk about on my live 7 p.m. Instagram chat this upcoming Wednesday. And I'm going to throw it at Adam because he comes from a bit of a different generation than myself and a different generation from Bob. And I constantly have this argument with a good friend of mine. We're going to get into it next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Tourism Ireland. World-class courses, spectacular locations. Whatever you're looking for in a golf holiday, Ireland has something for you. Visit GolfAwayTours.com to book your Irish golf adventure. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back to GTC. Speaking of the Muskoka Bay Club, maybe, you know, that's a silver lining in some of this COVID-19 situation we're in. If golf courses do open and we do have a summer that we're able to get some golf and some travel in, uh, that travel is going to be locally. So if you had, uh, plans to, to leave the country, leave the province, and visit uh, other parts of the world to play golf, and you're unable to now, why not do it in the province of Ontario and support some of our great clubs and courses and resorts like Muskoka Bay this summer? And fingers crossed we have the opportunity to do it. All right, bringing in my uh, good friend and master producer, the man behind everything at GTC, doing a hell of a job, by the way, 
uh, on our video podcast uh, as well. Bringing in now Adam Scully. Scully, uh, what everybody wants to know right off the top here in Scully time this week is uh, straight to the meat and potatoes here. Uh, pizza night at Casa Scully. I saw the pizzas on your Instagram feed. Uh, Adam underscore Scully. Uh, how was pizza night? Which one was yours? It was a make your own pizza night. Uh, I started uh, drooling at the feed. Uh, actually uh, went straight to the fridge and started eating. Thank you very much. Well, I, I think the biggest question, first of all, thanks for having me. The biggest question is, is leftover pizza okay for breakfast? Because 100%. There is, okay, because there, okay. Is, there are a lot of leftovers. Uh, okay. Probably, I would say, a good amount, probably 8 to 10 pieces of, uh, of leftovers. So I'll be having that for the next couple of days with the fam here. I was in charge of the Meat Lovers Pizza that had a lot of different things on it. In the second picture I posted, uh, my dad was in charge of the pickle pizza, pickle and bacon, uh, which was actually a lot better than um, may- maybe it looked. It was it's certainly intriguing to, to think about it, but it was actually quite good. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And I'll tell you something. You know when pizza's even better in the morning? After you uh, down an entire, entire bottle of red wine on your own like I did last night. I, yeah. I need something in the stomach this morning. I know we there wanted to talk about that. Yeah, that was my farewell. By the way, uh, if you followed, uh, if you saw that picture on Instagram, that was my farewell. I've been eating too much. I've been drinking too much. So I said to Mrs. Golf Talk Can, I said, that is it. This is the end. Uh, I'm getting back on track. So uh, my way out was I'm drinking this entire bottle of red wine. Yeah. Okay, Adam, uh, Tiger Phil, um, more interested with Brady and, and, and Manning and listen. Florida's under lockdown till April 30th. I know they're looking at May, but, man, they might be able to look at dates all they want. They just not might have to change. They might have to move states again if they want this to happen. What do you think? I'm really curious, and, and some interesting points that Bob made in the first hour when you guys were talking about this was the limited cameras, limited resources, no track, man. Uh, obviously, a big part of the promotional value of the first match or first installment of Tiger versus Phil was up there mic'd up. Will they be able to be, to be mic'd up? You would hope so. Hopefully, bringing in Brady and Peyton Manning would add some some humor to it, add some personality when Phil and Tiger are sort of in their game mode and, and focused and quiet. Maybe uh, Brady and Manning could sort of trash talk and chirp each other and, and sort of egg each other on. I think it would be more exciting and intriguing. And I mean, as Bob was saying, basically any live sport right now on TV would be awesome to watch, whether it's it's this golf or, or you and I playing uh, in front of an iPhone on TV. It, it'd, be, uh, it'd be really exciting to watch. I can get uh, three million people to watch you and I uh, throw dice in my backyard and then Ooh. putt from eight feet. Okay, that, okay, that's how bad people are starved right <laughs> now for content, Skull. So uh, I'm with you. It's going to be interesting to see, and the production value certainly stripped down. But the last time around, let's be honest, with the production value being off the charts the last time around, it was some of the worst TV we saw all year. So, <laughs> so sometimes those things line up, and sometimes they don't. Sometimes you know you can throw all the best production in the world, and it doesn't mean anything. Um, RNA, we got to have an announcement in the next 10 business days. I know you know the proposed new schedule. Yeah, you, you know what Bob and I were chatting about. You've been all over it too. Where's the RNA go with this? Do, do they do they say we're, we're running it in July or do they uh, postpone it and, and grab their hands on that p- proposed September date right now to buy themselves some time? I know that's where Bob and I are leaning. 
you would think the smarter, more intelligent thing to do and safer thing to do would be to postpone it into September. But who knows, right? Uh, they, they've made some bold uh, choices uh, in the past, and maybe they'll be the first one to say, hey, we're going to play in July. We're not going to play in front of fans, but we are going to play this tournament. It, it would probably be one of the first tournaments back if this schedule is indeed uh, correct. But as you said, in the next, who knows, it could be Monday, it could be next Monday, we should see a new schedule or a, a proposed new schedule um, come out, assuming the the proposed dates for for COVID nineteen and when the curve flattens and eventually does go down, uh, we should see that in the next yeah as you said ten days at least or at the minimum for sure. So it's interesting, Adam, because we had this conversation last week. I, I don't even know if we had this conversation on, on our video podcast or if, or if you and Bob and I were just chatting off mic off camera on this. But historically speaking, now this is a health and safety issue, so it's different than you know the last twenty thirty years. But in the last three decades historically speaking, it has been the RNA and Augusta National that have had a greater appetite for risk or going against the grain when it came to controversial issues in the golf community uh, to have their golf tournament. I'll give you an example. Uh, Martha Burke in Augusta, where they ran the the Masters for three years without corporate uh, sponsorship uh, because Martha Burke was trying to force them to change their member policy on allowing female members. Now, Augusta mm-hmm. wouldn't do it. They went against the grain. They told them the world will do things our way. Uh, eventually, when they wanted to do it, they've now allowed female members. Uh, Condoleezza Rice is a member of Augusta National. The RNA has done things similar in the past when it uh, came to topics of, of this nature. If anyone's going to stick their toe in the water first, Augusta couldn't because it was April. So just mm-hmm. mathematics, just forget it. April was off the off the table from the very beginning. But now that we're in the summer, if anybody is, I don't want to use the word brave enough, but I, I, I'm having a, a difficult time coming up with another term. So if anybody's brave enough to stick their toe in the water, I got to think it's the RNA. Maybe July isn't off the table. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and, and as we were discussing as well, let, let's say they do decide to hold the Open uh, during that date. Imagine just how thrilling that would be uh, to start off with that and the PGA championship and then, you know, a week, uh, the Wyndham championship and then three FedEx cup events, a couple of weeks off U S open Ryder cup uh, masters, like the, everything would happen so quickly. It would be a thrilling, you know, three to four month span that we missed out on earlier uh, in the season due to what's going on right now in the world. But if this does all go down, this would be pretty epic, wouldn't it? Oh, it would be. And we'd all go from zero to a hundred overnight. And I yeah. tell you, I will never complain again in my life about being too busy, Adam. You'll never hear <laughs> exactly. it again. Uh, I'm pulling uh, what few hairs I have left are being yanked out <laughs> at the moment. So, all right. I got to ask you a couple of questions. Yeah. And th- I find these questions, I find them very interesting because I think, you know, Bob and I, uh, more often than not, always kind of lean the same way on all these things. And, you know, I think there's roughly about 10, 10 years between Bob and I. Uh, but then between you and I, uh, there's a good 17 years, I think, between you and I. You're 27, 28, right, Skulls? I, I just turned 28 uh, five or six weeks ago, yeah. 
Right, and I turned 45 this week, so there's 17 years between you and, and I. Happy, so, happy birthday, but, by the way. Thank you. It's coming up this week. So <laughs> uh, so there's some different generations of, of golf going on here. I, when I said to Bob, he couldn't pick 03 Masters and he couldn't pick 86 Masters. So I don't know if 86 Masters would have even been on your radar. I'm curious. What is your favorite final round of every Masters? And my guess right now, if you were to say, what is Adam going to say? I'm going to say last year's Masters is your favorite of all time. Yeah, it's got to be up there for sure. I, I have some memories. Obviously, in 1986, I was not born, uh, but I've watched several highlights of that and, and do enjoy uh, looking back at that. I know the answer you're going to go to, and that's 2017 uh, with Sergio Garcia do, doing what he did, and that, that's what I was thinking of in terms of... No, I'm not going to go there. Wow. That would have been called, That might be number two for me, but I'm not going yeah. there. You'll have to wait till we bring Bob back in on the other side. I'll tell you mine. Yeah, so... So, so you're going where, case, Skulls? I, I was going to try to go somewhere else, but 2017 for me is the one. In terms of absolute what? rules, Sergio and, and Justin Rose going back and forth, uh, the way Sergio... Looked like he was going to implode, and the thirteenth hole was such a turning point. And then the way he almost jarred an albatross in the fifteenth hole, and then on the eighteenth hole in regulation, when Sergio had a four and a half, five foot putt that did not have a chance of going in the hole at all, and then Rosie blowing it way right in the playoff, and Sergio <laughs> making birdie. There's so many great things about that, and the emotion. I, I don't cry watching sports very often, but that was pretty close. Watching Sergio finally get it done. Uh, but what about you? Well, I, well, I'm Italian and I cry all the time during almost everything, including sports, but that was huge for me. But I, I'm going to tell you what mine is on the other side with, okay. uh, with Weeksy. So you're going to have to hold on for that one, but I need to ask you one more thing before we, yeah. I let you go. So this week on social media, you, myself, Bob, a lot of people around the world were, uh, getting involved with, uh, six series, six friends, and mm-hmm. you would list uh, what are your six of your favorite shows of all time and tag six other people on Twitter. And we all kind of had fun with it. And it sparked a little thought I had for this Wednesday's live at Golf Talk Canada, live, uh, a night with the Z Man, a glass of Brunello with the Z Man, which we do every Wednesday at 7 p.m. And I've got people that are teenagers right up into their seventies that chime in on that Instagram live feed. And I always have an argument with one of my best friends. It's a constant argument we have always had. Mm -hmm. And I think that Friends is the most overrated program in the history of mankind. And she always has it as one of the best in her top five sitcoms always. And I'm always telling her her, she's wrong. So this week, Adam, I'm going out on social media. And I'm going to ask the Golf Talk Canada audience... Is Friends, very simple poll, is Friends in the top five sitcoms of all time? Yes or no? And then we're going to release those results and start an argument at 7 p.m. Wednesday night on my Instagram live feed. This is what we're starting with. Forget golf, forget schedules, forget the Masters. 7 p.m. on my Instagram is going to be the two sides of Friends, the yays and the nos. Now, you're a lot young. I think you think it's in the top five sitcoms all the time. That's my guess, that you fall oh, yeah. on her side of the fence. Yeah, oh, I knew it. Absolutely. So are you going to come it's in? Are you, absolutely. Are you going to defend friends on the Instagram on, I am on go- Wednesday? I am going to make a Venn diagram doing the pros and cons. I am going to defend it until, yes, absolutely. Friends is an absolute classic. You can watch it at any point, any season. There's so many great moments in that show. I think it's the top five for sure. And I think it was fifth on my list that I tweeted out as well. Well, that's what sparked this. I said, Scully took friends. 
So obviously you're going to have to meet my friends so you two can all like, you know, b- b- bask in, in friends glory. Yeah. Why, why the rest of us shake our heads. Okay. So Wednesday night, Scully, we're opening uh, with this on the Instagram live and you can be on the friends team and, uh, I'll be uh, seeing what, how, what the size of our audience says. No, I don't know. This is going to be close. This is going to be very it close. Is. This will not be like our, will you play golf if the course opens? We're like 80% of our audience said yes. This is going to be 50 50, very close on this one. So. It will be. Adam, have a great, uh, weekend. We will talk to you this week on multiple times about multiple things. Thanks so much for jumping in and, uh, we'll talk to you this week. On the other side, we'll bring back in Weeksy. What is his favorite final round of the Masters? Does Bob put friends in the top five sitcoms of all time? And we'll get you caught up on all things Masters on TSN and Golf Talk Canada for the upcoming week. This is GTC. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf, pushing the boundaries in golf footwear once again with the all-new Code Chaos, meant to challenge the definition of what a golf shoe can be. Visit Adidas.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to GTC, and don't forget, you have an opportunity to win a Code Chaos Adidas prize pack valued over $600. All you need to do for a chance to win, share your photos on Instagram and Twitter, tag at Adidas Golf, and tag at Golf Talk Canada with the hashtag Style Evolution. Give us an embarrassing photo from the past or something you used to wear, and now something that you uh, style and profile on the links when you go play golf style evolution for your chance at a code chaos prize pack welcoming back bob weeks weeksy uh ben is in his early 20s he is our board op uh this week on gtc and ben said in my ear he's on team zucchino he says friends is not in the top five sitcoms of all time is weeksy on team scully or team zucchino when it comes to friends being in the top five sitcoms of all time oh definitely team zucchino definitely oh yes there are many more. There are many better sitcoms. <laughs> many better sitcoms. I mean, Seinfeld is the best sitcom of all time. That's Thank you. I have that number one in a landslide, Bob. That is oh, number one for sure. I think you got to follow that closely with uh, The Trouble with Tracy. Great CTV show. I liked that show. That was a great show, yeah. I know. I'm joking with that. I'd say, uh, I'd say MASH. MASH was up there. That was one of my favorites for yeah. sure. And yeah. uh, you know an underrated yeah. one that I think? Frasier. What? I think Frasier. Oh, Frasier, very underrated, especially as a spinoff coming out of one of my favorites, Cheers. Yeah, exactly. Love Cheers. Uh, love si- And I like modern, I love Modern Family. I think that is a classic. That's actually coming to an end this week, I believe, the final That's episode right. of that. Two and a Half Men has to supersede Friends. Yeah, uh, you and I have already, with, with the exception of the trouble with Tracy, we have already <laughs> rhymed off about seven or eight that we put ahead of Friends. So right now, I just want to update our listening audience. Uh, 75% of the people we have pulled, which is Adam, Bob, Mark, and Ben, 75% say Friends is not in the top five of all time. I know you're impressed, Bob, on my quick math there. Okay. My... <laughs> 
Top Masters final round. If I'm not allowed to pick the 2003 Masters and the 86 Masters, and I got to tell you, last year is very special, but I won't go to last year just because we've talked last year to death. The 2004 Phil Mickelson monkey off the back, 31 on the back nine at Augusta to win his first major to prove that white men can jump as he got at least four and a half inches of air on the 18th green when that putt hit the bottom of the of the hole. You know, at the time, Bob, he had 22 wins on the PGA Tour and had yet to win a major championship. Unbelievable to rip the monkey off the back. And, of course, now a five-time major champion, well over 40 wins, uh, quite possibly now in the top 10 greatest players of all time, 2004, final round at Augusta. What is it for you, Bob? Well, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to give you two. One, one's uh, an early one that I, uh, I've only seen on television, and that was the 1980 final round with Seve Ballesteros, who won by four shots at 13 under, which was a really low score at, at that time. But if I'm going a little more current, I'm, and, and one that I was there for, 2013 with Adam Scott. To see him win in that playoff in the dark against Angel Cabrera, uh, I just I just loved seeing him win. He was one of those guys like uh, Phil Mickelson who was deserving of trying to get something in the in the in the green jacket style, and uh, and it was a it was a pretty emotional one too. It was a little bit like Mike Weir. Here's the first guy from his country to get the job done. Yeah, so cool too when you consider that on an annual basis. Obviously, there are there there are probably more diff, there might be more difficult greens somewhere in the world that you and I could point to if we really put our brains to it. Two thousand and four at Shinnecock were probably the hardest greens I've ever seen, but that's mainly because the USGA lost the golf course. So throwing that aside, you know, week in and week out, sorry, year in and year out, Augusta is the hardest set of greens. Uh, you know, really anywhere in the world. And the fact that it is such a, a pure examination of putting and that Adam Scott, where that has always been the monkey for him, to your point, rips it off there under a putting examination. And, it, you know, it's funny. It's not the only story of great putters. Think of Bernard Langer, uh, Langer, Bob, and what he's been through in his career with the yips and all the different variations of putting and what he's been able to achieve at Augusta as a two-time champion and a guy that still makes the cut, it seems, annually at the Masters. Uh, for a place that is so hard to putt on, it's amazing how many putting redemptions stories we've seen there it is and and you're right you know it's uh it's a, it's a challenge uh, don't forget uh adam scott was using a long putter at that point but i think i think that um the greens there are one of those things that you just have to learn and i remember bernard longer telling me something in an interview uh years years later he said you know they rebuild so many of those greens every year that you can't trust what you remember from the year before because something that broke two inches might only break a half an inch now because they never get it back perfectly as the way it was before, even though they've got them all lasered and stuff, which is an interesting concept for, uh, for guys like that who are not great putters to begin with. And then you throw this little change at them. It's a, uh, it's a difficult thing to do. Yeah, it's amazing. We've seen that over the years, especially with that front hole location at 18 and how that putt uh, tricks guys. It seems almost every year because it used to move a lot more from right to left than it cur- than it currently does now in in, in this version anyway of uh, the last couple of years. But well, you know what, Bob? That's a great segue because next week it's going to be all Masters TSN television running daily final rounds of the favorite final rounds at Augusta for the Masters right through to the final uh, Sunday next weekend. 
looking forward to revisiting and reliving some of those amazing final rounds at the Masters. Bob's going to have his eye on what we're waiting for is this huge announcement from uh, the governing bodies in the PGA Tour on what a new schedule might look like. It could come as early as this week, uh, really being triggered by an announcement and decision by the IRNA on the Open Championship. So make sure you're following Bob on social media and and watching him on tsn.ca as as he's all over this on a daily basis. Our video podcast will drop this Wednesday uh, around noon Eastern. We'll drop our third edition of our video podcast. It will be an all-masters edition of our video podcast, and we'll be reaching out to you on social media looking for some of your favorites to help compile our list. Next week on GTC Radio, also we're going to do a ton of Masters, and we're going to bring back Winners Weird and What, Bob, next week. It's going to be an all-Masters edition of Winners Weird and What. We're going to bring it back. You know, we've kind of buried Winners Weird and What because it's a bit of a... I don't know. We have a little fun and we call things out in the world. And I just don't think it's appropriate right now under these conditions to, to be calling anything out uh, and whatnot. So, but next week we're going to make an exception and we're going to do our winners weird and what all time masters edition. So lots to come from golf talk Canada, Bob, anything you got your eye on before we wrap, before we uh, pull the plug today, other than the schedule. Uh, my weird for today is pickles and, and bacon on pizza. Sorry. <laughs> I know. I thought you were going to let that slide. I was waiting for that. Not, not going to happen. All right, Bob, you have a great weekend. Uh, stay safe, and uh, we'll touch base in the next few days. Thank you to everyone who joined us today. Thanks to Adam Scully. And uh, make sure you stay on top of us on social media this week as we're going to be asking uh, for a lot from our listening audience. Thank you so much for joining us. Remember, the first good decision on the golf course, it always starts in the closet. Thank you for listening. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Adidas Golf. Pushing the boundaries in golf footwear once again with the all-new Code Chaos, meant to challenge the definition of what a golf shoe can be. Visit Adidas.ca. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network.